Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Welcome back. It is our weekly visit with the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Troy Lovello. Every Friday at 2.30, we talk a little baseball with the skipper here on the flagship home of the Diamondbacks, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Good afternoon, Troy. How are you doing today? Guys, I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Good, good. Right, let, let's get your thoughts on the uh, the World Baseball Classic. It came down to Otani against Trout, and everybody was glued to their television sets watching. I mean, it was a, a great moment for the sport. Otani got him, but it was still a really good moment for the sport of baseball. Yeah, uh, it couldn't be any better. I, I can't agree with you guys more. You know, talk about two teammates, and I do remember Otani's introductory press conference. One of the reasons why he signed with the Angels was to play with, with Mike Trout, who he looked up to. And now here he is um, on arguably the biggest stage and, and, and kind of carves him up. So it was a great moment, um, great for TV, great for Major League Baseball, and great for every clubhouse. We were all following it. We were all so proud of what the USA team did. Uh, it didn't work out, but in the end, it was good for baseball. As Benji Gill said, baseball won. Give me your thoughts on on Merrill Kelly. He didn't last as long as I'm sure he wanted to, but to be in that pressure cooker of a situation could only make him better. I agree. You know, we try to ramp guys up here in spring training, put them in that mindset. With their last couple outings, we talk about the intensity needing to be there. I think Merrill told me after his first outing against the Angels, when he put on put that jersey on that said USA across his chest, he felt like there was just a different vibe. Now throw in the game against Columbia, and then the final game, he said there was it was almost unmatched in any part of his career. Uh, I talked to Dino Ebel, uh, who's a third base coach and now the third base coach for the Dodgers. I, I spoke with him briefly yesterday. He said the same thing. He said he and he's been in some big big situations as a coach. He said there, there's nothing that has rivaled that that intensity, that moment, that crowd representing your country uh, was something that was very special. So for Merrill, we know that he's ramped up, that he was engaged, he was ready. Talked about being a great experience, so he'll be ready for our season for sure. Yeah, and that, I'm going to follow Gambo's question with kind of one of my own about Merrill. Is he from a pitching standpoint and arm strength standpoint? Has he done enough to be ready for? the opener here in another week, or at least the day after the opener in a week? Yeah, minimal concern for us, but there is some concern. It's not wide open. He's not built up to 95 or 100 pitches as he could have been in a different situation, but uh, we knew the consequences going in and coming out that this might be the case if he had one short in or one short outing. But what I think he did is he threw 55, 60 pitches in his first outing against Columbia. He's not too far off, so you follow that up with a 30. We won't bump that up too far. We'll probably sit in that 65, 70 pitch range, which means for his first start uh, after opening day, looks like he'll be the game two starter. He should get into that 75, 85 pitch range very, very comfortably. If they came to you and said, we want to do the World Baseball Classic every other year or every year, or we want to do it during a different time of year, would you have any suggestions? Would you have any objections if something like that? I'm not saying it is, but hypothetically, because it was such a hit, what would what would be your conversation about that if they wanted to change it or increase the frequency of it? I would be all for it. Uh, and I know the hazards of the of the Altuve situation um, and Diaz. I know those are those are free things, and they can happen in any situation in any setting. I I just love that that stage and that moment. And, the, the, the world was watching. And when you can include teams like the Czech Republic and, 
and in Team Israel and Great Britain, who had an unbelievable run, and I can see their their manager in the stands for the last game, full game that was played, getting the opportunity to know that he's going to come back in in two or three years from now. That's so good for this this game, and it is a worldwide game. And I think to promote it, the more you can do it, the better off we're going to be. Uh, just promise me this: if you ever get named the skipper of the Italian team, that I get to be, I get some kind of responsibility. You know, whether I, you know, hand out the espresso or I get to be the first base coach or the bench coach. I, I want a part of that, Tori. We're tight. Your name, Skipper. We're, we're, we're like Gorilla Glue, uh, Gambo. We got this. You might be the first base coach slash bench coach for sure. Can you throw BP? Okay. All right. That's right. That's good. No, Listen, I pl- no I pl- he I pl- can't throw BP, Tori. I can throw BP. He of can't throw BP. Oh, my God. He can't throw BP. Oh, I can 100% throw BP. You ha- anytime you want me to throw BP, I can throw good BP. <laughs> I put it nice. I, I put it right down the middle of the plate, nice and easy for guys. Oh, you might be leading off. I've seen your swing over Gonzo's place. <laughs> it's not bad. I was hitting ninety miles an hour over there. That was that was that was set to ninety. I was hitting it from the left side and the right side. Oh, boy. All right, let's talk about your catcher situation. Carson Kelly looks like he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Big blow for you guys. We always talk about this. I mean, the days of Johnny Bench and Thurman Munson and Carlton Fisk are long gone. Catchers don't catch 160 games anymore. You need two. You're going to be without Carson for a while. Who's going to back up uh, Moreno? Yeah, we haven't we haven't quite figured that out yet, but we're evaluating guys. We feel like we have some really good internal candidates, and we just got we got to do it right. We got to thoroughly um, look through the situation and figure out the best combination of two catchers are going to help us win baseball games until Carson gets back. And you're right, Johnny Bench caught 150 games. That's Pudge Rodriguez 150 games. That doesn't happen anymore. So we consider this a two punch combo. We got to find the best combination of guys that are going to help our pitchers execute and help us win baseball games. That, to me, is the bottom line right now and the key part of this decision. Is this moving Moreno a little faster than you or the organization would want thrusting him into this role right now at this point? Yeah, fair ask. I think it is. It's it's kind of accelerating things here. But uh, I think he's ready for it. I think the, the perfect combination, had it landed on Carson and Moreno, would uh, would be for you know the best portion of, of Gabby's development, and at some point he's going to be a frontline catcher. Some point, whether it is two months from now, three months from now, a year from now, we don't know. But this will definitely amplify his um, his development. And as we push forward every single day, that's really what we want. We want to put guys in the right situation to grow and learn. And he's definitely going to get a crash course in that. Troy Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show for his weekly visit. Yesterday, we saw both Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson pitch very similar lines. When will you make a decision on the fifth starter? And is it down to those two guys? Or is there somebody else in the mix that we need to talk about? No, it's it's you know there, we have Solomon in camp as well, so we're we're going to be eyeing a lot of things uh, as we're pushing forward to get that that fifth guy named. Traditionally, when we go to Chase Field, we like to have everything sewn up. We don't like to make moves while we're there. We will, we have, but we want we want this team to travel um, downtown and and know everybody having everybody know what they're going to be doing for this coming season. But we're still we're still throwing it around. You know, there were two different locations yesterday. All the conversations were probably one-on-one conversations. We're bringing that into the office, into the conference room, talking about it more as a group. But we have not made a decision. We will make the best decision moving forward to help us win games off. 
We know the future at shortstop is very likely Jordan Lawler. In the past was Nick Ahmed, and then in the present last year it was Perdermo, who you know you know had a really good glove, struggled at the plate. How do you see the uh, the games being divided at shortstop for this year? Yeah, you get get some heavy hitters today. That's that's a good one, Gamble. I don't know that, right? Uh, I just know that we have two really good players that are that are ready to take on um, that position. It's for me, he's a quarterback of the defense. I, I look at that shortstop as somebody that has a lot of responsibility. Nick Ahmed, we know he's done it for many many years, and you can almost tell from some of our conversations over the many years that I lean on him a little bit differently than I do any other infielder, and. I've been I've been talking to Perdomo about the same thing. They got to step up and they got to be the ones that that are setting up the defensive plays, um, not missing a beat, understanding where every player has to be on every play. He's got to know where the right fielder is on a cutoff play, where the third baseman is on a cutoff play. He's got to know where the pitcher is back in the bases. I hold him. A, a completely responsible for all the activity on the defense. So, therefore, it is a big responsibility. And both guys are fantastic. Both guys take on that responsibility. Nick, with more experience, obviously, probably has a leg up in that one particular spa- space and time. But I don't know where it's going to take us as far as playing time. I gotta, we got to figure out who's making the team and then how the puzzle fits together and how the playing time fits together. Once we have the 26 guys, in, or actually 13 position players, then we'll determine what happens from there. You know, being in being in shape for a middle infielder is is just so important. I remember Carlos Baerga was such a great player, and all of a sudden he gained 10, 15 pounds, and he wasn't a great player anymore. With that being said, Cattell Marte, you know, being in shape, being in you know, how, you know, changing that body, getting back to what he was. We're nearing the end of spring training. Are you happy with where he is at? Very, very. I wish you guys could see him if he came out for any of our workouts. He's operating at full speed on with his with his work habits, his defense, um, individual defense, team defense. He has been unbelievable. And what we talked about was more mobility for him this offseason. He was a middle linebacker. He was just so strong. He just had a wonderful body. Built for baseball, of course. But we were talking about some agility and movement and, and, and quick, quick trick, twitch um, movements to pick up baseballs defensively we needed him to swim down and he did that he did a wonderful job of that his body's in great shape and he's ready to go all right Troy. next time we talk to you it'll be the day after your opener against the dodgers we look forward to that we look forward to seeing how it goes and we'll talk to you then okay Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kevin Lavello. Joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, the Arizona Sports Line, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.